Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95, only at Big O Tires. They have no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's get out to the zone phone. He covers the sidelines for UCLA football and was a quarterback at UCLA. He's our friend Wayne Cook with us here on the big show. What's going on, Wayne? How are you? Not a whole lot, guys. Just uh, hopeful that every day we have tests that come back negative and we get to play this thing on Saturday. No kidding, Wayne. What a what a wild time to cover college football. How how is let's start here. How has the UCLA program handled it in these trying times? Yeah, it's been it's been good. I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, for the most part, uh, the, you know, they're, they're pretty secretive about what happens. I think we had one person, and I don't know who, test positive, but it doesn't sound like this was a little while ago, last week, I guess. But it doesn't sound like it it, it affected uh, the team as a whole. So. Um, I think we're doing well. I mean, the players are buying in. Uh, but as you know, you know, we're seeing what's happened in some of these other conferences. Games are played and, you know, teams start winning and losing. And keeping people focused when there's high hopes is one thing. But when, when things start to go south, keeping people focused on the right thing may be a little bit more complicated. How much of an advantage, Wayne, is it for a team to have played a game against a team that hasn't? Well, it's an advantage. I would say it's an advantage in this case because Utah has uh, lost so much last year. I mean, as far as programs go, you would you would argue that Utah is in better shape because what Whittingham has built and the, the program's more mature. It, it's got a you know it's got a coaching a coach in place, and Chip Kelly's kind of still working on building a program at UCLA, but. You know, UCLA getting to play last week, and, and like, for example, maybe you guys could tell me, I'm not sure who the starting quarterback is for Utah yet. So um, there's a lot of unknowns, especially on defense for, you know, quarterback, running back, and then defense for, for Utah. So I would say UCLA has a little bit of an advantage, but when you look at how they fared against each other, uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I think most people probably still think Utah is probably the better of the two teams. Let's talk about uh, last week a little bit because it was it was kind of a bizarre game in a sense where UCLA dug themselves a big hole. I think it was thirty five to seven or something like that, and then came really storming back. Uh, ended up losing forty eight to forty two, but it was kind of a a tale of two halves, wasn't it? It was, and and well, we had four turnovers in the first half, and and this has been a big problem. I mean, it's it's you know you know Kyle uh, Kyle Phillips fumbled the first punt return. We had a stop, and and that led to a score and. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson had a couple of turnovers, uh, an interception and a fumble. Um, and then uh, uh, Demetrius Felton fumbled the ball. I mean, these are, you know, your, your guys that you're really counting on and four turnovers are hard to overcome, but you're right. Late in the game, it was a seven point game. UCLA, you know, was probably the better team, you guys. Um, but that's easy to say. I mean, it's to me, the turnover thing isn't new. It's something that they struggled with all year last year, too. And so from week one to week two, and we'll go back to that first question, 
UCLA has film now to watch. And, and for example, for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he has to realize, because he even talked about it all offseason, I have to stop turning the ball over and then to have two in the first game. So hopefully uh, that gets cleaned up. And, and if you watch the game, UCLA is very explosive offensively. They've got a lot of big plays, uh, a lot of big play players. And so I like that. I like that. But it's still, you, you can't win. When you score 42 points and you lose, obviously your defense made some mistakes. But the turnovers gave them great opportunities. How dangerous is Thompson Robinson? What do you make of him as a quarterback? Where is he good? Where does he need to improve? Well, I'm not. This is going to sound mean, but he needs to improve by winning more games. I mean, <laughs> we all we all know that quarterbacks are are judged by wins and losses. And when you look at a game where you score 42 points, he runs for 100 yards. He had a big 65-yard touchdown run. Uh, he you know, throws for 300 and a couple of touchdowns. But you look at it, and he's 20 for 40 with a couple of turnovers. And so you get like 50%. You know, he, he, he was a little wild on some important throws that mattered. Um, I think fundamentally he throws off his back foot too much, and they, which affects his accuracy. Um, th- those are things that, that – you know, you can look at the stats all day. You know, stats are the most misleading thing in the world sometimes. And, you know, he just needs to clean it up. I, I wish he would learn to, you know, work forward more, you know, work forward in the pocket, have less negative plays, you know, obviously ball security. And, and then, you know, be more accurate on some of the passes when, when you need to be. And so, you know, obviously every quarterback can do that. But um, he, he's extremely talented, you guys. He, he throws a real pretty ball when he's when he's on. He can be really good. Um, I wish he would. I, I hope he doesn't have a, a a limit to how much he can run because I think that's a huge asset for him. And like in the Colorado game, he barely ran at all in the first half. When he started running the ball in the second half, it opened everything up. I mean, it just makes the entire offense better. So. I, I hope we see more of that. So um, I'm hoping there's a big jump. Last week he, he had good stats, but I think, you know, he, he it was a sloppy game for him. So I, I hope he improves from week one to week two. What are your expectations for this year's Bruins team? <laughs> you guys, before last week, I, I you know, every offseason, and I know everybody does this, I just get so pumped up and I – listen to the players talk and it's been a weird year because i haven't been able to be out to practice but like they're like oh, our defense looks amazing and this in the you know first running back we face runs for 180 or 190 or whatever so it's like well <laughs> you know the quarterback said hey i'm not turning the ball over at all and i i kind of laughed i said well quarterbacks don't get hit in practice so not turning the ball over is not exactly an accomplishment so you know once you face a, another opponent and then you get to see it there were some things i really liked you guys I mean, I, I, Demetri Felton is fun to watch. He's explosive. Um, Keegan Jones is a guy that had a touchdown uh, last week that I'm telling you his acceleration was insane, how fast he got up to full speed. Um, Kazmir Allen's an explosive player. Jalen Irwin's an explosive player. Like uh, Greg Dulcich, our tight end, is a, is a, is a really good-looking tight end. So there's weapons. Kyle Phillips, I, I thought, you know, he was just okay last week, but he's probably our most talented receiver so there's talent all over the place defensively the jury's still out i I just you know when when teams run for that many yards and a quarterback who hasn't really played quarterback before looks that good they're gonna have to step it up they're gonna have to find a way to play better because last time i checked there's a lot of offensive linemen returning for utah 
And so usually when that happens, and I know Utah is always good at the O-line, if you don't have a good run defense, I have a feeling you're going to face, you're going to see the run a lot. Wayne, uh, let me ask you the same question about Chip Kelly that I asked about uh, the quarterback. Uh, What are his strengths and what are his weaknesses? And do you think he's going to put this thing together the way UCLA fans want to see it done? Oh, my gosh. This is a good question. Um, I really like Coach Kelly. I I, I think sometimes his relationship with the media is uh, (laughs) is strained. But, man, sometimes when you listen to some of the questions people get asked, I'm like, I'm no wonder coaches get grumpy so often. But um, he's been great to me. I think he's really smart. I think when people are executing what he's trying to do offensively, I think it works. I mean, like I said, you know, 42 points is 42 points. And, you know, when you have, you know, they don't coach Kyle Phillips to fumble the first punt of the game, nor Demetrius Fell. And I know people are like, well, if you work on it more, it's not really. I watched, I watched both those plays, and there were two guys. Really, most turnovers are people trying really, really hard, and they just make mistakes. You know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson turns the ball over throwing the ball because I, he's still got a ways to go with reading defenses. He throws into coverage. You know, he probably could have had three interceptions in that game, not just one. He threw some that were dropped by the defense. So he, he's got to figure that out. But, you know, the coach has just got to keep recruiting. I, I know he's he's really smart offensively. I know people want him to be doing what he did at Oregon, but this is a different situation. Um, it's the other side of the ball that scares me, guys, because I've just watched this defense be bad pretty much every year. And I know it takes a while to recruit and build that depth. But it's year three now, and so offensively, I think we're going to find a way to score points. But I, I think where he's going to have to, you know, kind of, you know, every coach has, I don't even know how to say what I'm about to say, but, like, coaches are all on the hot seat. It feels like, you know, and unless you're winning national championships, like, people are going to start questioning you. And so, you know, he's got to figure out a way to play better defense because when you're ranked in the 120s in defense, you're, you're going to have a hard time winning games because – like I said, you score 40 points, you still lose. That's a, that's a bad thing. So hopefully the defense um, is going to make a big jump. I, I thought they played more aggressive last week, but you still have to be able to make tackles and you still have to be able to stop the other team on third down. And so so that's what they're going to need to improve on this year. How was Chip recruited there, Wayne? It's been, it's been, like I said, I love our offensive weapons. You know, people wanted, you know, the DeAnthony Thomas type athlete that can just, be electric and I'm telling you guys you're going to see it this UCLA offense has speed um, it's it's been a problem and it's not just been for Chip it's been a problem with our last several coaches I would argue that the, the last coach that recruited offensive and defensive linemen you know at, at a at a point where you could win a national win the, not a, a Pac-12 championship at least was probably Terry, Terry Donahue you know he, he used to be able to get the big boys and so you know, right now our offensive line is solid. It's one of the younger groups. You know, I think they could play better. The defensive line, we have a guy named Oso Dikizua that I thought played really well last week. He's a redshirt senior. He's a grown man, and he's good. But some of the other guys are going to have to step up. And so I, I would say that recruiting the guys in the trenches is is going to have to be something that's a, a, a focal point, you know, moving forward. Because, you know, this year is such a weird year, you guys. You know, who knows how many games we're going to get in or what's going to happen. But um, winning some games is going to help recruiting. So every team, whether you get to play three games or, or seven games, 
you want to look good in those games because you're still trying to recruit kids to come to your school, and it's really important. Wayne, what's it like to be the starting quarterback at uh, at UCLA? <laughs> it was a long time ago, you guys. I mean, the, the early 90s was a long time ago. I will tell you this, um, the culture of the program, and I, I really hope it, it, it gets back to where it needs to be, but when I was recruited, um, one of my re- my first recruiting visits to UCLA uh, was Troy Aikman. I mean, I, I walked into the locker room, and here's some dude sitting there in shorts and no shirt on. And I, I'm like, is this guy a linebacker? Like, what does he play? And he's like, my dad's like, that's Troy Aikman. That's the quarterback. And I'm like, my God, that's ridiculous. I mean, we had dudes everywhere. And, you know, even now, you know, UCLA will always attract. If you watch the NFL, I mean, shoot, we've got five, six, seven linebackers that are starting and dominating in the, in the league. They're, like, good. They're, like, they're not just guys. They're good. We we get guys. We just need to get team. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we can't have a scattered, you know, good player here, good player there. We need to have a team, and, and if, if we can get that, I know that what, that's what Co- Coach Kelly's building towards, but I know the teams that I played on, when we won, we, we, were, we were good at multiple positions. It wasn't just one or two good athletes. We had good athletes all over the place. And being a quarterback at a school like that when you're winning is a blast. Uh, Jake, did you know that Wayne in his time threw for 4,723 yards and he had 34 touchdowns against 11 interceptions? No big deal. And I was, I, and he never lost to the Trojans. I think I got that right, Wayne. And I, yep. looked at, I looked at a list. Somebody compiled this list. I don't know who it was. Of the 10 best quarterbacks to ever play at UCLA, and guess who was number four? Our guy. Well, Wayne yeah, was number four. And you know the guys who are in front of him? Troy Aikman, Gary Beban, and Steve Bono. Oh, and Steve Bono. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, it, it, someone put something out the other day that was, uh, you know, because there's stats everywhere. That was the, Q, the leading, you know, all-time QBR leaders. And I was like, I think I was about seven. But it was a good group, you guys. It was it was Troy Eggman, it was Brett Hundley, it was Tom Ramsey, it was you know, it was Cade McNown, it was I mean it was all really good players and you know what was was common about that was that most of us either played in a Rose Bowl and won a Pac twelve championship or in Aikman's case he never made it, but he won twenty games in two years and so did Brett Hundley. So, so the two guys that never played in a Rose Bowl had two 10-game you know, winning seasons each time. So, like, quarterback play matters. You know, we talk, you guys have seen it in Utah. I mean, I, listen, I, I loved your quarterback the last couple of years, Huntley, but when he needed to be able to throw at the end of the year, his, his weaknesses kind of showed up. Doesn't mean he's not a great player. That's not what I'm saying. But I've always felt that if Utah could just find a guy – and, you know, maybe you found him. Maybe he's, he's Cam. Maybe he's Bentley. You know, if you could find that guy, man, I'm, I'm just thinking, imagine what it would be if you would have had a guy like, you know, Herbert playing for Utah. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you're a quarterback away. This quarterback position kind of matters. You know, you see these elite teams right now. Their quarterbacks are pretty good. Yep, sure are. Well, Wayne, we appreciate uh, appreciate it very much when you have a few moments to come on with us. Uh, enjoy this game this weekend. Hey, and I I'm... got one. I got one more question. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to ask Wayne if he had seen Zach Wilson play and what he thought of what he's seen out of that kid. Okay, so you guys, how much fun 
does he look like he's having when he plays football? I mean, he just looks like he's having an absolute blast. He he moves well. He throws well. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the country. BYU is a scary team, you guys. They're they're loaded, and they've got a quarterback. And I tell every young quarterback I come across, you find a way to be. And I always you know talk about Brett Favre, and I don't know how many kids nowadays watched a whole lot of Brett Favre, but he had fun playing football. And I, I think when I, I look at, at the way Zach's playing right now, he just seems like he's just he, – obviously it's fun to win, but he's just really, really good. He's really talented. He's got everything you want. He looks like a leader. He looks like he, he's just he, – he, I think he's great. I, I think he's a, a first-round draft choice, and I think that um, if he's put in the right situation in the NFL, I think he'll be really good. Wayne, thanks again. We appreciate you uh, coming on. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Loved it. Fun. Absolutely. Thank you, Wayne. Wayne Cook uh, covers the sidelines for uh, UCLA. And, of course, uh, as you brought up there, Gordon, uh, former quarterback uh, there for the Bruins. And he's always a good guest. We always get that, him on a few times a yeah. year. and uh, he's, he's good, terrific. man. Yeah. And he knows about the Utes, too. I mean, that's the thing about uh, Utah playing in the Pac-12. Everybody is well aware of what Utah is capable of doing, although there is some mystery this year, and I guess we start finding out on Saturday. By the way, you know that list, that top ten list? I, it was compiled before Brett Huntley came through, but I didn't want to say that to Wayne, so I'd let him you know, go ahead and feel good about his number four spot. You know, after listening to Wayne talk there, I, I don't know how to handicap this game because we just don't know anything about the Utes. But if they're as athletic on the offensive side of the ball as, as Wayne told us there, and, and uh-huh. let's face it, Wayne's been watching football for some time now, um, that might be an interesting test for that young secondary. Well, did you see any of that game? I, I was able to see a little bit of the game that uh, that the Bruins struggled on the defensive end. But... They, they they can move the ball. He's he's absolutely right, and but I you know I don't know. It's just one of those deals where you think, okay, it's Utah's defense. How bad is it possible for the Utes to be? Well, I don't know. We'll see. So big thanks to uh, Wayne Cook for jumping on with us. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, let's hope they they're able to get the game in, and uh, we're going to see Utah football okay. at yep. long last. At long last. At long last. It's it's only November. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, coming up next, we do have uh, Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds Various Clips. Uh, are we going to be able to play that news report, Austin? Okay. This will be funny. Stay tuned. Uh, it's a 50-year anniversary of uh, just a... Uh, a horrible mistake, and we'll uh, we'll play that sound for you coming up next. But right now, let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, joining us, he's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, we we're uh, helping out our listeners once again today uh, with a, a very common problem. In fact, a, a problem more common than I think most people think. Yes, absolutely. If you are frustrated in the bedroom, if you're experiencing erectile dysfunction. That is what we specialize in. We've probably treated uh, more than anybody out there using acoustic wave therapy, uh, clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels. We kind of refer to ourselves as the anti-pill clinic. No medication, no injections. ED uh, gets worse typically as a man ages. He takes more and more of those pills. For a lot of guys, it doesn't work. For almost all, it causes side effects. And we've seen guys with just a few short 10-minute treatments get back to normal. 
This is really, really easy. If you think about two weeks' time, a few treatments, uh, by Thanksgiving, let's call it, you could have your normal love life back, the spontaneity, and eliminate those pills completely. That's got to be huge because you guys are, are treating the, the, the problem, not the symptom. We are treating the root cause of the problem. X-rays show uh, that damaged aging or blocked blood vessels are what cause erectile dysfunction. The, the blood seems to flow throughout the rest of our body pretty well, but for some reason not into this part of the body. So our targeted approach changes that. And even Cambridge, at the end of their study, which they tested the exact technology we use, at the end of it they said all men experienced an increase in blood flow. That's pretty incredible. They said no side effects reported. We know the science is sound, and we know that we can effectively now reverse erectile dysfunction. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. And you guys are taking the risk out of this for our listeners. They can get in and see the doctor and find out if this is a good fit and get some other stuff as well. Yes, so much for free now. Uh, put a stop to your ED. Call Wasatch Medical. Call us now. The assessment will be free. The exam will be free. You'll spend some time with a medical doctor. He'll test your blood flow, something I think all men should do regularly. Uh, we'll throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom, and new patients even get free testosterone now. So we've got everything covered. Call us now. It's totally free. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Sounds of various clips coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? When it all goes crazy in the... <laughs> Big show. Oh, 97.5 and 12. What are you laughing at in there? Nothing. Nothing. I uh, want to say thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95, only at Big O Tires. They also have no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. You ready for Sounds of Various Clips, Gordon? I am ready. You may know it as Drop of the Day. This is a 50-year anniversary of a catastrophic mistake. And we've got the we've got the news reel uh, or the news story on this. Wait, this happened wait, in Oregon wait, fifty wait. years ago. It's not what I think it is, is it? Yeah, it's what we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah when okay. when the how not to dispose of a whale that washes up on the beach. <laughs> here here is the news story or a couple minutes of it. It had been so long since a whale had washed up in Lane County, nobody could remember how to get rid of one. In selecting its battle plan, the highway division decided the carcass couldn't be buried because it might soon be uncovered. It couldn't be cut up and then buried because nobody wanted to cut it up, and it couldn't be burned. So dynamite it was, some 20 cases or a half ton of it. The hope was that the long-dead Pacific gray whale would be almost disintegrated by the blast and that any small pieces still around after the explosion would be taken care of by seagulls and other scavengers. Indeed, the seagulls had been standing nearby all day. As everything was being made ready, we asked George Thornton, the highway engineer in charge of the project, for his final observation. Well, I'm confident that it'll work. The only thing is we're not sure just exactly how much uh, explosives it'll take to disintegrate this thing so the scavengers, seagulls and crabs and whatnot can clean it up. Is there any chance it might be more than a one-day job? 
Uh, if there's any large chunks left, and uh, we may have to do some other cleanup, possibly set another charge. About 75 bystanders, most of them residents who had first found the whale to be an object of curiosity before they tired of its smell, were moved back a quarter of a mile away. The sand dunes there were covered with spectators and land lubber newsmen shortly to become land blubber newsmen for the blast blasted blubber beyond all believable bounds. Our cameras stopped rolling immediately after the blast. The humor of the entire situation suddenly gave way to a run for survival as huge chunks of whale blubber fell everywhere. Pieces of meat passed high over our heads while others were falling at our feet. The dunes were rapidly evacuated as spectators escaped both the falling debris and the overwhelming smell. A parked car over a quarter of a mile from the blast site was the target of one large chunk. The passenger compartment literally smashed. Fortunately, no human was hit as badly as the car. However, everyone on the scene was covered with small particles of dead whale. The seagulls who were supposed to clean things up were nowhere in sight, either scared away by the explosion or kept away by the smell. That didn't really matter. The remaining chunks were of such a size that no respectable seagull would attempt to tackle anyway. As darkness began to set in, the highway crews were back on the beach burying the remains, including a large piece of the carcass which never left the blast site. It might be concluded that should a whale ever wash ashore in Lane County again, those in charge will not only remember what to do, they'll certainly remember what not to do. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. That is incredible. Bits and pieces Absolutely. of whale parts landing everywhere. I think it's funny that he was talking about how, like, the, the lighthearted nature of the gathering soon turned into a flea. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear you can hear the bits and pieces plopping down, can't you? There? I love I love the guy they interviewed uh, who was in charge of doing it. It was like, yeah, there might be a couple of bits that aren't disintegrated, but you know, we'll deal with it. It'll be fine. The crabs will get it. They'll just you know take care of our light work here, and, and everybody will be fine. We're geniuses. Everyone, we're geniuses. Uh, I like that he he admitted. Oh, we're not sure how much dynamite will it will take to disintegrate this thing. You missed on the calculation, Georgie. You he missed. Sure did. And how many, oh, what is it, a ton of, how much is Two tons, half a ton, excuse half me. Half a ton of, di uh, 20 cases. Uh, half a ton. Man. <laughs> this will just disintegrate. Smash the car. You, you know what, and this this did much, much, much less damage than that, but it reminds me of the dude trying to weed his garden with the flamethrower in Brian Head. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, like, like somehow you think like, oh, this seems like a really good idea. I'm going to save myself a lot of work on cutting up this darn I'll whale. I'll get to watch the game tonight. Yeah, seriously, let's just blow it. It'll incinerate. It'll be fine. We'll just incinerate this whale, and yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be home tonight uh, watching the Packers play. Having a, having a nice whale burger. <laughs> this will be great. great. Covers the whole town in blubber. <laughs> Destroys you know, a car. Half a mile away. <laughs> this is where you're. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Half a mile. Can you imagine? You're just you know getting in your car. You know you're just uh, leaving to go pick up the kids. And all of a sudden, uh, a whale uh, fin destroys your car. 
I know I love the, the wee and they're all excited until they realize they're about to get rained down upon by by stinky whale parts. I mean, I've heard about avoiding the splash zone near the whale. I didn't know it was meant this. No, it, it really I would love to have been in the room when this was this was conceived, the idea. You know, it's the thing that we we really do depend on on engineers, people who are supposed to know what's going to happen beforehand before you start uh, you know hail of uh, whale blubber is just you know, bombarding everyone the seagulls who were supposed to clean things up were nowhere in sight either scared away by the explosion or kept away by the smell <laughs> this guy this guy needs this guy needs a career in comedy come on i was waiting for him to say oh to humanity <laughs> if a whale ever washes up again now they know what not to do <laughs> <laughs> can we hear that can we hear that last one again the that last part too good what he just said about the seagulls no the, no, the just right now no what he just said i want to hear it again because he said it so straight it was funny the seagulls who were supposed to clean things up were nowhere in sight either scared away by the explosion or kept away by the smell <laughs> He's got that old time newsman voice. They didn't. They didn't want to. Cut, or they didn't cut it up and bury it because they didn't want to. Because nobody wanted to. See, <laughs> should we? To. Should we be laughing about this? Because aren't whales kind of like humans? I mean, aren't they, they didn't yeah. blow it up alive. Yeah, right. It was dead when they found it. I know, but we're sort of laughing about this unfortunate whale that is kind of like a person. You know what? But, Whales aren't whales like super intelligent? Aren't they like uh... not when they're dead? Okay, it was it was fifty years ago, and the whale was already dead. I think we can make jokes. I okay. think the moratorium's over, and no oh, one was hurt. Okay. No one was hurt. Save a, a Volkswagen. No, was nobody hurt really? Because That's I'm what telling the news you, report said. a half ton of whale blubber could really take you out. No, the, the, the half ton was the dynamite. Yeah. The whale's much <laughs> like, bigger than that. It's like I seven know. tons itself. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Just picture the chunks of blubber flying through the air like missiles. When they start hitting the ground and you can hear it, that's too much. And in the video, you see the camera cut off because they had to run for cover. Is it, really, is it really okay to laugh about this, guys? Is it really I'm, I'm, right? I'm wondering, if you were going to get hit by a whale part, what would you want to avoid? The third metatarsal. <laughs> the blowhole. The tongue. <laughs> All of it. Oh, man. Give me the dorsal fin. I'll take my chances with that. Do whales have dorsal fins? I'm sure they do. I don't think, though. Uh, coming up next, <laughs> the, the uh, worst segment in sports radio history. We Other than making fun of animals uh, that are I mean, dead I, and rotting on a beach. I can't believe we're even laughing about this. <laughs> man, I think I think that whale should have had a proper service and been buried uh, appropriately. It's just like a human, Jake. Imagine if it was your own uncle. <laughs> I know I will get rid of Uncle Jerry. <laughs> we'll incinerate him with dynamite. And the, the scavengers will take care oh, of the rest. Please. You guys are so insensitive.
We have survivor pool picks coming up next. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for the big show to predict the winners and losers of the NFL. This is the big show survivor pool on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Big Show Survivor Pool, which has... We're really good at this. Which has devolved into, if you don't get it right, (laughs) you have to record some incriminating audio, which Gordon had to do this week. Thanks to, uh, who was it that lost? Or was it uh, the, Packers. the Packers? Oh, it was two weeks ago and the Packers lost to the Vikings. That's right. Yeah, two weeks ago. And he had to. Uh, he barely won last week with the Patriots and the Jets. That's right. And Gordon had to get his Randy Newman on uh, this week. Yes, we uh, remind ourselves. I love LA. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. He loves it. <laughs> I love LA. He loves it. I love LA. I love L.A. <laughs> uh, that, one, that one was pretty good, Gordon. You did a good job. Uh, so here, I'll go through the games. Uh, we've got some good ones. We can talk some overall NFL, but we got to eventually make our picks. Tonight's game, the Colts at the Titans, and somehow the Colts are a one-point favorite. How is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. Because the Titans are really good. I've been looking at injury reports. I, I, they've got uh, – they're missing their punter. Uh, that's pretty much it of, I guess, the cornerback Adderay Jackson and a wide receiver Adam Humphreys, but that, that shouldn't be enough to give the Colts an advantage. I wouldn't think so. And the Colts are 5-3, and three, but, I mean, if you looked up the term washed up in the dictionary, there'd be a picture of Phil Rivers. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. It's time. It may be time. Isn't it? It's over. He's drowning in the river. It's over. So that's tonight's game. Uh, if uh, you can take a record, if you can get out there in time, I'd go to Wendover on that. Indiana, Indianapolis, a one-point favorite. That's crazy. Watch a win by uh, thirty. Your games on Sunday: <laughs> the Texans are at the Browns. The Lions host Washington. The Packers welcome the Jaguars to uh, Green Bay. The Eagles are on the road at the Giants. The Bucks will try to rebound against the surprisingly okay Panthers. Uh, the Raiders, my Raiders, will host the Donks down there in Vegas. Uh, the Chargers are at the Dolphins. The Bills are at the Cardinals. The Rams host the Seahawks. The Niners travel to New Orleans to take on the Red Hot Saints. The Steelers host the Bengals. The Ravens are at the Patriots. And uh, Monday night's affair, the Vikings at the Bears. I have a question for you. I know I've picked the Packers, but they lost. Can I pick a team that lost the first time? Nope. Not until all three of us have lost again, right? Or no, is it you, just that's you it? You can pick them once. Like, I, I picked the Colts in week one and lost. I can't uh-huh. pick the Colts again. Okay. All right. All right. Why would you want to pick the Packers I this wonder. week, Gordon? Hmm. Hmm. Because the Jets reason. aren't playing, so the next worst team? <laughs> Who, who's, the Jags? Who's the biggest favorite in uh, the, the league this week there, Austin? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm going to pick the Packers to beat the Jags, Jake. I can tell you that right now. Well, 100% right now I'm picking the <laughs> Packers. Yep, put me on the pack. Oh, you guys are so predictable. Come on. Gordon. Gordon, you're, you're picked. The Jets are in a bye, so, so good luck. Pick against have the I, Jets. Have I, have I picked the Saints before? Uh, let's see. Yes, you have. I have, really? Yeah, you picked them back in week seven. Oh, that's most unfortunate. 
Um, aren't You've they picked... like ten point favorites or something like that? Uh, yeah, nine and a half. Yeah. Have I have I picked Pittsburgh? Uh, no, have. you haven't. Nope. Okay, I'll go with the Steelers. Who do they have again? The Bengals. The Bengals. Yeah. You know they uh, and the Steelers have an identical record against the spread, six and two. You know, Joe Burrow has been half decent. Not that the Bengals are any good, and I'm sure that, that Gordon's going to win that uh, pick right there. But I, I've been encouraged with, with Joe Burrow. We've seen, seen a lot poorer play out of rookies. Except he's yeah. sacked like 80 times a game. Well, yeah, he's on the Bengals, and, oh. and they're terrible. So I, mean, <laughs> I hope he lives against the Steelers. That's true. Hope he survives. Yeah. Send good vibes Joe Burrow's way. He's going to be sore on Monday. Uh, he, he's going to look worse than the Cincinnati Christmas tree. <laughs> you don't know that yeah. reference google it folks yeah you're not gonna believe was somebody trying to be sympathetic in that case or what was the deal you know my wife had an idea as to maybe why it looked the way it looked she why? thinks that perhaps when they cut it down and put it on the truck it was wrapped and then when it got down to the city center some of the needles had died and they unwrapped it and it popped out and half the tree was missing hmm well, yeah, it looked like branches were gone. I yeah. mean, the entire sections of the tree. So, it looked, you know what it looked like? It almost looked like a cactus. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Anyway, so Joe Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Christmas tree not having great years. No. Well, Joe's doing okay. His team just stinks. True. They've won twice. That's Joe, two more than I thought they would. Joe or Tua, who will have a better career? Joe. Gordon? Uh, I think I'd probably go with Joe. I think so, too. But if he plays on a bad team the whole time, I mean, this is what's going to happen to Trevor Lawrence if he, if, when the Jets draft him. Oh, man. he's Trevor Lawrence is cheering for the Jets every week. <laughs> he was brokenhearted by their, uh, their uh, loss against the Patriots. Yeah. That's... Nobody was more disappointed than Trevor Lawrence. But yeah. it's, not like, it's not like the Dolphins are, uh, have a history of being good. Yeah, but for some reason, I just have a better feel about the Dolphins. When was the last time the Dolphins were good? When Don Shula was there? I don't know. They were okay with Jimmy Johnson, right, in the early 2000s, late 90s? When they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I mean, they were all right. <laughs> they made the playoffs, I think, once. Different spelling. But what have they done? I mean, they, they've been terrible for 25 years, 20 years at least. Do, do you think Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert will have the better career? It's so hard to tell early on. I mean, that's why this is fun, though. That's why yeah. you know, nobody knows. I go with oh, Herbert. Yeah, he's looked the best. I he, think because he, he has NFL offensive linemen. Yeah, that could help. The, yeah, the, he the is, Bengals yeah. have college offensive linemen. Yeah, he is on a better team. If you're the Bengals, you have to draft offensive linemen, don't you? Nothing every, but. You have to draft yeah. everything. That's the Bengals. True. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not punter. Their draft board is wide open. If the if the Bengals were to tell me uh, we're going to take the best player available for the first time ever, I would buy that. As that's their actual plan. Yeah, that's their actual plan. We need help everywhere. So <laughs> we've seen our squad, right? We're going with the best player available. That's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That probably is the best way to do it anyway. And then watch the Bengals do the most Bengal thing ever and take a quarterback in the first round. Well, I'm oh, hoping they'll on. win this week. He was no. the best player available, yeah. <laughs> so we took him. <laughs> Zach Wilson goes number five to the Bengals. Justin Fields. 
I think uh, I, I think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going one two. Yep, that's my prediction. Probably who, so. Who will be the better pro, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? It's hard to go against Trevor Lawrence, man. Although both those guys are really really good. I I, I want to say Justin Fields. You know, the thing about it is those guys have been competing against each other. I mean, they've known of each other for a long time. And I think they both were at that Elite 11 camp. So it's 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 interesting that it's coming down the way it is between those two. All right, so Austin and I are both on the Packers. And uh, who are they playing? I just uh, The Jags. The Jags. The Packers and the Jags. So and they've got to buy. Gordon is taking the Steelers over the Bengals. Go Bengals. You never know know what might happen. Believe me. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He is Andrew Reinhardt with us here on The Big Show. Andrew, uh, helping uh, folks out with a very, let me put it this way, a more common problem than you might think. Yes, we certainly are. Erectile dysfunction can happen to anybody. Uh, We've met guys that are fine until 70 years old. Then all of a sudden, it comes out of nowhere We've met guys that uh, experience ED in their 20s and 30s. So this can happen to anybody. And really, it's the relationship that suffers. Of course, you know, the man suffers and the significant other as well. But the relationship needs this. Let's be honest. This is an important part of happiness. And that is what we're doing at the end of the day. With acoustic wave therapy, we're improving blood flow by regrowing blood vessels. That means that a man doesn't have to take the pill anymore. Uh, He doesn't have to use injections. It's more of a natural function, maybe from 50 years old down to 30 years old. When things worked like they should, Cambridge has shown that this regrows blood vessels, that it's safe, and that it's effective so we can restore spontaneity back into the relationship. Treat the problem. Don't treat the symptom, right? That's exactly right. The medication treats the symptom. If you're lucky, you get a result. Uh, Comes with some side effects, of course. The injections treat the symptom. You get a temporary maybe rush of blood flow in your body. That's why you end up with bloodshot eyes and a headache and a stuffy nose because it's not targeted. And for a lot of guys, it just doesn't work. When we open up the blood vessels in this part of the body, uh, even 40, 50% more blood flow can eliminate the ED, so it's pretty easy to do, and we can do it with just a few short 10-minute treatments. And now is a great time to do it because, uh, you know, folks can get in, get on the schedule, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, but you guys are doing a lot for our listeners right now. There's so much for free. This is the last spot of the night. Call us. Put a stop to the erectile dysfunction. The assessment will be free. You'll meet with a medical doctor. Ask all of the burning questions that you likely have. He'll test your blood flow to make sure that you do indeed have a blood flow issue. We'll do that all free. We'll throw in a little special gift that I still don't think I've seen it fail. It produces instant results in the bedroom, and new patients even get free testosterone now. Give us a call now. It's all free. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you as always. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate you. Back at you, Andrew. That's our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Again, that number, 801-901-8000. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I think we have the movie zone coming up next uh, with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. That's right. Do we have a uh, poll question today? We do. Uh, Ron Howard has a new movie out that's getting a lot of Oscar buzz with Amy Adams and Glenn Close. We are asking on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot1, who's your favorite director and what is their best film? Okay, wait a second. What's the name of the film that Ron Howard's got coming out? Hillbilly Elegy. It's based on a best-selling novel. Uh. Which uh, which Cohen brother is the director? I think it's Steve. No, it's Joel and Ethan. I think it's Joel that does the director. Why did it Steve Cohen? That's someone that's else. That's the owner of the Mets. Yep, that's him. Yeah. Unless Bill De Blasio gets his way. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going with Joel Cohen, and it's a close race between The Big Lebowski and Fargo. But I got to go with The Big Lebowski. Okay, I like that answer. The Cohen brothers uh, have a lot of good films. That you can uh, point to. Yes, very, very difficult. But those two are my favorite, and I think I've got to go with the Big Lebowski. Although, uh, what's his name? Uh, Wes Anderson might be up there too. With uh, That's where the, I thought you were going with the Royal Tannenbaums, that might be there too. Do you like Royal Tannenbaums better than, say, Grand Budapest Hotel? Yes, but that is a wonderful movie. What about the Fantastic Mr. Fox? Uh, liked the Fantastic Moonrise Kingdom. Did not like Moonrise really? Kingdom. Really, it was okay. It was it was just okay. But Tannenbaum's is your favorite. But like uh, Bottle Rocket's pretty good, and uh, what's uh, what's the one with Bill Murray and the kid? Why am I why am I going uh, 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 blank here? Is that not Grand Budapest? Hotel? No, no, no. Because I've got a I've got a funny story about that. What's uh, hey, hold it's the not Moonrise An- Kingdom? No. Uh, answer the uh, the question real quick, Gordon. I have some googling to do. Well, I, I was just thinking about Ron Howard. I don't know who my favorite director is, but the best Ron Howard movie I think I've seen is. Uh, didn't he do uh, a beautiful mind? Uh, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie, man. That's a really good movie. I like that one. Wait, did he? Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Am I screwing that up? Maybe I am. I, I I don't know. I thought he did that, but I I could be wrong. Um, but uh, oh, you're right, Ron Howard, A Beautiful Mind, 2001. Yep. What if you were to name a couple others of his best work? What would you, uh, Mr. Movie? What would you, what would you do? You know, can you? Crawl did he do other? Apollo thirteen? He did. I'd yeah. put that up there. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Backdraft. I really like how the Grinch stole Christmas too. I thought that was really well done. The the, the Da Vinci Code. Oh, did Ron Howard do that? Yeah. Huh. Uh, by the which way, was, which was better, Da Vinci Code or Angels and Demons? Da Vinci Code. Did you find that movie? Rushmore. Name? Rushmore. I've Rushmore. not seen Rushmore. Oh, it's amazing. And I have a, I have a funny Rushmore uh, story, actually, related to sports. I had a buddy who played BYU volleyball, and uh, he, they, you know, they fill out the questionnaire for the TV broadcast so they know a little something about the players. At the very <laughs> beginning of Rushmore, they say all the clubs that this kid belongs to at the school, and it's like Beekeeper Society and Fencing <laughs> Club and, like, Latin Club, and there's, like, a list of 15 and my buddy put them all on his questionnaire. <laughs> and so the guys on the broadcast were like, boy, this, this guy's really involved. Beekeeper Society, how about that? <laughs> he's, he's captain of the knitting squad. <laughs> but Rushmore is really good, though, Austin. You'd like it. Uh, Movie Zone, coming up next. Gordon, I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy, on a football Friday. All righty. I'll look forward to it, man. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.